Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And before I start anything else, the most pathetic thing um, that's been caught. Um, and that is, um, I mean, that is how you know that Pakistan is definitely a part of the USA now. That is definitely under the USA. Because the kind of unprofessional gimmickry that can be seen, done and performed by so-called journalists um, of news channels in America. Um, you know, that kind of gimmickry um, has been found here in Pakistan where an unverified news just spread like wildfire. Um, unverified in the sense that the news itself is correct that, as we know, Molina Tariq Jamil's son passed away yesterday. Um, first of all, without any autopsy without any investigation the law enforcement immediately declared that it could be a suicide um he was shot in the chest you need to find out if that was actually a suicide or not um but before they could even procure witnesses and evidence they started spreading that news that's number one number two is the fact that they um showed the picture of a completely different man. And this is why, as I said, this this reeks of American um, gimmickry. Because if you remember, when America was, um, you know, posting pictures of Osama bin Laden, um, it was actually not Osama bin Laden. They were posting pictures of a Latin American citizen, you know, who actually even you know, he filed a complaint against the American government for posting his picture um, and, you know, uh, sharing it and spreading it and making it viral as Osama bin Laden. So that is the same thing that happened here. Here, although the thing is that the person whose picture they have been showing in every single media outlet. And that also tells you, again, it shows you how our media is no longer working at all. I mean, our media has never been trustworthy for a long time um, since they sold themselves out to uh, the rich elites. And since they've been working against state, uh, you know, uh, against the state itself and against the legal government of the state, which was Imran Khan's government. So since the media has very openly worked on treason against the state, um, you know, nobody believes anything that comes out of the media's mouth. And this in itself is proof that now they have completely, completely stopped working, that they didn't even care. They'd, nobody knows where they lift that picture up from, you know, and then they didn't even verify their facts. I mean, Maulana Tariq Jamil is an extremely, extremely famous person. He's so well-renowned. His son is a person who was known to be a very capable man who was taking care of all the of all businesses of, and he was, you know, managing all his affairs as well. Um, so, you know, um, you not knowing who his son is, you know, and you actually um, posting uh, unverified, you know, you have not even verified whose picture it is that you're posting, and you keep on posting it as the picture of a dead man who is supposed to be the son of Molana Tariq Jamil. I mean, first of all, that man is alive. He is a CEO of a foreign company, which is, I think, called Tracking or something. And his name is also actually Asim Jamil. Um, but actually, to kill a man who's alive, you know, seriously, 
it, you can't even verify your facts and you call yourself mainstream media, you call yourselves journalists. And what are you doing? It seems, as I said before, it's like they were being dictated. And that is why I'm still suspicious of the news, no matter how many so-called witnesses come, because as we know, in the present day Pakistan, witnesses are also bought. So I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not even going to, uh, you know, accept any witnesses that come forward claiming that he has committed suicide or that he was murdered or anything. Um, I think unless and until his own family doesn't um, talk officially, you know, to the press maybe, or give an official statement, I'm not going to accept anything from anybody. Because as we know, witnesses are bought. Um, false charges are always made every day. Um, you know, the establishment, the army, the law enforcement agencies are themselves um, going against the law. They're breaking all laws. And that is obviously because they're under the command, you know, of Uncle Sam. So, you know, right now, um, all I can say is that at least, at least, you know, just because you are not working, you know, it, that doesn't mean that you should now make an a live man dead. I know this is the American way. In fact, this is what has more than proved to the whole world once again that you are working for America and because your style of working has become American. I mean, this is something that we always see in the American media. They don't verify pictures, they don't verify names, they don't verify facts. The government feeds it to them and they just, you know, spread it like they did with, as I said before, Osama bin Laden. And now you're doing the same thing here. Um, it means somebody just gave you a picture and told you to run with it. So who gave that picture now? That's my next question. Who from the establishment of the army or the government or the law enforcement agency gave you that picture and allowed you to run with it, you know, without even verifying the fact that the man whose picture you're posting on all your news outlets, on all the major news outlets, and even in some places in the social media, you know, claiming it to be the uh, deceased son of Tariq, uh, Jam Maulana Tariq Jamil is actually somebody who is well and alive and he just happens to share the same name and he is broad and he is a CEO currently working in his business. Amazing. Now, uh, step two. When it comes to Kashif Abbasi, um, there, is, there are a few of his colleagues, um, or at least one of his colleagues, who claims on his uh, vlog that he has actually talked to Kashif Abbasi and that Kashif Abbasi is safe and sound and that he's traveled abroad. I hope that is so. I really do. But if the rumors are spreading within the journalistic circle, you know, that Kashif Abbasi is missing or he suddenly vanished, then I think, yes, it, it does warrant a concern. Um, and I do think maybe Kashif Abbasi should somehow just, you know, throw a message or a Twitter, you know, he should tweet something or maybe his wife, who's also a journalist, maybe she should just, you know, um, clarify it. Uh, that would be really, really nice because the way, um, you know, he suddenly disappeared is really warrant for concern. And I hope I hope that his friend is actually right um, in his claims that he has spoken to him and that he is well and alive and that he's just left the country. And if he, if that is the case, I hope he stays away and I hope he doesn't come. That's all I can say. Uh, like all the other journalists that have managed to make it out safe. I hope he stays out and I hope he stays safe. I'm coming back to um, 
you know, the death of Asam Jamil. Um, I think all I can say is that if the family members are talking about how it was more likely to have been an accidental death, then I think we should accept it as it is. Rather than, first of all, you know, again, going with the police, um, the police's irrational, nonsensical and absolutely illegal speculation, um, where without any evidence, they just speculated and then they told the media, mainstream media, to just spread the news. And the mainstream media is still spreading the news, albeit with fake pictures of an actually alive man. But I mean, they're still spreading that news that he was depressed and, you know, because of his depression, he killed himself. Um, first of all, again, I would tell you, if a person is actually aiming to kill himself, he wouldn't do it in front of everybody the way it happened. And number two, um, who points a gun at their chest awkwardly to kill themselves? You know, there's always a specific way people tend to kill themselves with a gun, especially. So, yeah, so if the if the family members are saying that he was actually looking at the gun and he was checking it and, you know, accidentally pulled the trigger, then, yes, that actually makes more sense considering where it hit him. Um, but again, the fact that he was not alone does raise suspicious circumstances, which I feel needs to be investigated. That was he really just checking out the gun and had an accidental death? Or, you know, are the witnesses um, actually covering up another story? You know, so, I mean, that is just, you know, speaking in legal frame, uh, you know, just, just in legal frame of mind, which one tends to go into um, when it comes to such situations, that first of all, you need to eliminate all the other possibilities in order to arrive at a probable conclusion. So just saying it was murder or just saying, um, you know, that he killed himself or just saying anything. I think, first of all, the police needs to do a proper investigation, which one doesn't expect from them also, because as we know, the law enforcement, the establishment, the army, the illegal government, they have been targeting um, Molana Tariq Jamil. And we know that when they target people, then they target their family members too, which is why actually I found it extremely suspicious how the police, as soon as they arrived, they claimed suicide. I find that very highly suspicious. But yes, if the family is 100% sure and convinced that this was an accidental death, then yeah, okay. Uh, but again, if there is even the remotest suspicion um, regarding the circumstances, because the way it was dealt with, I found that very suspicious. So, yeah, that is it, really. And now we'll talk about Khadija Shah. If you remember, there were two letters that were talked about. One was a letter that was written by Sanam Javed to her father, and another was a letter that was written by Khadija Shah. And as we know, Khadija Shah penned her letter in English, which her husband then translated in Urdu, um, you know, for the sake of, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of it being read and understood everywhere throughout the nation. And now, again, first of all, I would again like to point out that as far as I know, Khadija Shah holds a dual nationality. Where, Where is the government? You know, where is the government of the other country? Why are they not here to protect their citizens? Now, number two, um, being a woman who is not just a normal woman, but a woman 
who is a famous entrepreneur, a woman who has made her name in the fashion industry as a brand name. She has a brand to her name. Um, that woman is being treated um, like a terrorist. First of all, she was forced to write a fake confession regarding the false flag operation by the army. Remember, it was the army that conducted the false flag operation 9th May just so that they could do whatever it is that they're doing now. And Khatija Shah has now been forced to pen down the truth about what is going on with her and the other 18 women. Remember, um, this is something I've talked about even before, that, that I do not trust the army or the establishment to really put in good faith. And that is exactly what happened. They pretended that, that they were going to um, show good faith when they were trying to force Imran Khan to make a sort of a deal with them or negotiate with them. And he refused, obviously, to deal and he refused any negotiations except any legal negotiations. He had claimed that if there was anything that was legally acceptable, he was ready to work on it. But if it is something that is illegal and if it is something that they want to make a backdoor deal with him, he was not going to accept it. And because of that, um, as I said, they were trying to show good faith by releasing some of the women. And as I said, that that was something that was very doubtful and dubious, and it exactly happened the same way. Sanam Javed, um, as soon as she was marched out, um, you know, because the court had ordered all the women to be set free, um, but they refused to listen to the court. Um, this is this is this is the status. This is the status of the legal system in Pakistan. This is the status of the court in Pakistan. That that the law enforcement agencies are refusing to listen to court orders, and so even though Sanam Javed and one or few, two to three other ladies were marched out, when they were pretending to finally accept the court order, and in back she went again within 24 hours she was pulled right back in and put in jail again illegally and the court has been constantly um ordering the law enforcement agencies the police the uh to release all the women and as we know the police have been stripping the women naked and making videos for them at the direct orders of mariam nawaz and even then the women have held it together um, then women have also been subjected to mental torture and harassment, um, and they've been, they have still been holding it together. And that is why Khatija Shah has finally been forced to pen this letter, uh, which she did. And days have passed. The letter is circulating. People are talking. But again, as we can see, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. She's still in jail. The other 18 women are still in jail. Sanam Javed is still in jail. And, you know, the, the establishment, the army, the law enforcement agencies are still working as anti-state factors. And actually what I really like about the letter of uh, Khatija Shah is the fact that she has named these women in her letter, which is very, very important. Very, very important because as we know, the way we are having people kidnapped and, you know, we have missing persons and then later on they can say, oh, we don't know about this person, we don't know about that person. The fact that she has named all the detainees, all the 18 women with her, um, that is excellent, both in a legal point of view, in an evidentiary point of view, it is 
extremely important and it was extremely wise of her to have done that because now their names are on the record. Their names are on the record. There is evidence of witness because she herself is a witness by penning down their names. So she's a witness to the fact that these other women who are with her were detained illegally. And so it's, I'm glad that she has mentioned them by name, each and every one of them. She's mentioned them by name. She's mentioned what they're going through. She's mentioned their families, as in that they're mothers of two or mothers of five. She has mentioned that they exist and they're in jail. Because as we know, we are seeing again the American hand at work. And as we know, when America created the 9-11 false flag operation, then one of the first things that America did was kidnap Muslim women and students from all over the world and then pretend that they had no knowledge of those women or those students. So this was very, very important. You know, as I've always said, you a real patriot is that person who doesn't turn a blind eye to what is going on wrong in his country. A real patriot points out exactly what is wrong with the country and then they actually try to take steps towards a resolution. A traitor is a person who will do anything and everything for their own personal benefits and they have no faith, they have no religion, they have no belief, no philosophy, they have no principles, no ethics, no moral values. To them, everything is money and material benefits. And unfortunately, Pakistan is flooded with those kind of people where they're all thinking about their own survival, they're all thinking about their own material benefits. But as I said before, now you're dealing with a completely different generation. You're dealing with our generation. Our generation is the one that has suffered the most damage at the hands of the previous generation. And the fact that even now it is the previous generation that is wreaking havoc all over the world, you know, even in America. In America, who's sitting on top of everybody wreaking havoc? It's the boomers. In our country, same thing. In other countries, same thing. Those countries that are right now in peace, those countries that are developing, they're all those who have our generation in their government. And our generation has got many more things to do in life than to be greedy and incite wars for personal short-term benefits. We're not stupid. Stupidity is the marker of the boomer's generation. Now, but unfortunately, amongst even within our generation, um, people who were born um, within those families, those um, self-acclaimed owners of the world, those 1% of the 1% um, who think that they own the world, unfortunately, in their case, generation doesn't matter. Their children, their children's children, their children's children's children, they're all going to be um, just as fucked up, just as screwed up, um, just as delusional, and just as mentally uh, severed from reality or practicality. They will all think of themselves as gods. They have 
you know they have claimed themselves to be gods and they're actually literally i mean imagine imagine how mentally insane they are they're, they're actually literally waging a war against god first of all that shows that despite all their naysayings they do believe in the existence of god why else are they waging war against god oxymoronic thank you very much so yeah i think i think that is the height of stupidity when you are actually um grouping up together to wage war against the very being that created you um the fact that he created us means already that we have lost the war even before it began you have to be an insane amount of stupid to fight against a being that has created you seriously and i understand the feeling we all want to fight him at some point in our lives we all want to fight him we all want to challenge him you know but i think the way these delusional prats are doing it is so out of the way insane and that and they're destroying the whole world and have they even realized that if the world no longer exists then they also have no meaning to exist they are who they are and what they are because of the world no world no elite no cream of the cream you know i'm sorry but you know world doesn't exist you don't exist you need to get your head on straight and the fact that you know um the fact they're so insane in their you know in that space of theirs in that headspace that um they're they've literally gone outrageously insane you can see it the when the way um they're working with israel you know in the most um stupid nonsensical irrational uh war ever which again has nothing to do with real benefits and so much so that now they're attacking anybody and everybody as we know they've attacked imran khan um because he wasn't going to be part of this delusion and then they attacked um other countries that refused to be a part of this delusion and then um now they're attacking an individual i mean so elon musk says that you know what at least for the hospitals and the ngos and those working on humanitarian basis um the internet needs to be provided for them because communication is essential and now they've started attacking him um so i have a question for those israel apologists um i'll basically you know they're to me they're the same as nazi apologists because to me israel is nazi um i'm sorry but i really do think that maybe the history as we read it is all wrong and i think we need to revisit history we need to revisit the actual narrative behind it because i feel something went wrong there because from what i can see um america and israel and britain these are the real nazis here and they're still ongoing you know full swing so all those nazi apologists and all those nazi supporters and all those nazi uh sympath- sympathizers i'll ask you one thing do you still condone um the fact that you know elon musk just said that he wants that the people working on the ground on humanitarian basis should be able to communicate and that he would 
provide internet services. He would make sure that there is a working satellite in that area that could ensure that communication is reinstalled and it doesn't get interrupted. So do you still condone what your leaders and what Israel is now doing uh, to him because of what he said? Think about it. Just think about it and tell me. Well, this is me signing out for now because I'm actually, I can't speak much. Um, the, you know, uh, because of the change in season and everything. And it's weird how when I'm about to talk, that's when my throat acts up, you know. Um, all day I'm fine. And when I have to make a podcast now, my throat suddenly acts up. So today might have seemed a bit disjointed or disconnected, and I'm sorry if it did. But I hope I managed to put all the key points in front ahead of you. Um, I hope this time I didn't forget anything seriously. Um, so this is me signing out. Khuda Hafiz.